last week, Kendall began our series on Relational 360, and he did it in a brilliant way. And as he was speaking on planting the tree of agape love, this thing that only us as believers can have, which is unconditional love, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he was speaking, and he was talking about how he had an experience where someone was speaking, and God started speaking to him about something totally different. Well, while he's speaking to me, I start having the same experience. And it was this, I was all of a sudden thinking about Kendall's 40th birthday party. So happy birthday again, Kendall, in April, he turned 40. And um, I, was, I was so excited to go and be a part of his, his 40th birthday celebration. I love being a part of my friend's monumental occasions. Uh, and, and then he says this, it's going to be a pickleball tournament. And I went, oh, um, because I had never played pickleball before. And it's not just like, we're going to play pickleball. It's a pickleball tournament. And so, you know, guys, you're like, well, I have to win. And, and so, you know, I'm envisioning I'm going to get out there and get trained up. And I had no time, though. It was a super busy couple of weeks. And so by the time we get to the night, like, I want to celebrate Kendall. But to be honest with you, I had been doing so many events and so many engagements that all I really wanted to do was go home, sit on my couch, eat some snacks, and watch some Netflix. And so, but I'm like, man, I've got to be there. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving there and going, okay, Robert, you can do this. You can do this. And that night, I had a wonderful time in this pickleball tournament. And I realized as I was driving away, relationships are like pickleball. And so that's the title of this sermon. Relationships are like pickleball. I know I've played pickleball one time. Um, here, here's the first thing I realized because, you know, I was pretty intimidated to get out there and then I actually go out on the court and, and I can play. And so here's the first thing is pickleball is not for Jedi athletes. Pickleball's for everyone. So if you've been worried, like, can I really get into this new craze? You can. And if you're thinking, hey, I'm just a person who doesn't do relationships. No, you're wrong. You can they're for everyone. I, can, can you help me set up the stage today? You'll never forget this because we're going to actually turn the stage into a pickleball court. Um, the, the, the thing about pickleball is um, there's some things you have to understand to, to be able to, to play. There's some, some rules you have to understand. There's some very basic things you have to understand. And, and, and it's not hard to, to learn, but you've just got to be a, a little teachable. Here's the thing, in the same way, relationships, there are some basics that God has put forth in Scripture that if you lock onto them, your relationships will be so much more healthy. And, and, and here's the thing about relationships. The, the longest Harvard scientific study was done on the topic of relationships, and this is what they found. We can put this quote up on the, on the screen. The stronger our relationships, the more likely we are to live happy and satisfy and overall healthier lives. This is what they, they found. The key to happiness is good relationships. Like that's what their research found. The greatest key to someone, they, they surveyed all of these people and the greatest key to happiness on earth is relationships. It goes on to say this, the Harvard study of adult development reveals that the strength of our connection with others can predict the health of both our bodies and our brains through, as we go through life. 
Now, relationships are built on healthy communication. Write that down. Relationships are built on healthy communication. You can't have a relationship with someone without communicating with them. It's so interesting. What we say either builds relationships or tears down relationships. Here's our scripture for today, Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. That's what Kendall was talking about last week. Love is what grows us and builds us up as each part does its work. Goes on to say in Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, so don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may be a benefit for those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What's the point of our relationships? We gotta understand what is the actual purpose of our relationships. First, they are to become more like Jesus. God gave us relationships so we can become more like Jesus. Let me just give you your goal in your marriage, in your parenting, in your familial sibling relationships with your parents, with your friends, with your coworkers, your goal Believer is to reflect Jesus. Let me just say that again. Your goal is to reflect Jesus. And then in relationships, as we reflect Jesus, we start building each other up. It's about bringing us together. It's about joining us together. It's about unifying us. And then we're given two simple ways. One, use your speech to build up. And don't use your speech to tear down. Very simple. Use your communication to build up. Don't use it to tear down. Now, the first thing you got to know up here is I'm ready to play pickleball. I can't do it by myself. That didn't work. You actually need someone else. So they had no idea when they walked in today, but I need a volunteer. Rashad. So poor guy, you never know. I, if you're a guest with us, don't worry. I, don't, I won't pull you up until you've been with us at least a week. Come on up here. Um, Rashad, Hudson, can you help him get on his? Uh, I have a lot of faith in you. Pickleball champion. Uh, put this on him, Hudson. Um, and uh, maybe you can put it on yourself. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been getting dressed? Um, here, here, Hudson, let's get this on him too. We are, we are getting him Checked out. Um, there we go. There we go. That uh, looks good. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, okay, and I actually need you on the other side. This is my side. Um, but here, take this, take this, and uh, there we go. Let's give Rashad a hand. Um, he, was, he was not prepared for this. 
coming in today. Great smile. Um, here, here is point number one. Pickleball takes two people. Healthy communication is about engaging other people. It's about engaging other people. Can we put the picture up of, uh, I told you two weeks ago about this, um, this conversation I had with my flight, uh, this flight attendant that was sitting next to me, Jenny. And you know, the, the first thing I had to decide was, am I going to actually engage in conversation with Jenny? Jenny ended up giving her life to Jesus, which was just awesome. Um, but you know, planes are so awkward. Like where else do you actually share a armrest this big with a total stranger, right? I mean, it's like beyond first date territory, right? Uh, you're like, sometimes you're like in their seat, you know, if your shoulders are broad enough. And, and yet we don't talk to people. And so we have to decide, like, I'm going to actually engage. I had to make a conscious effort to turn and say, hi, I'm Robert. Now, Jenny and I started having this conversation, and she shared something that was absolutely heartbreaking to me. Jenny uh, was originally from Korea. She's moved to the United States, but she said, uh, in Korea, she goes, I, I am the only one in my friend group that is married. And Jenny was in her uh, early 30s. She goes, I'm the only one in my friend group. She goes, so many of my friends have given up on life and they just stay in their room. She had a, a, a word for it. I don't remember what it was. It was a specific phrase, but she was like, they just stay in their room. They've given up on life. She said, in fact, so many people are doing that in Korea right now that people, after several weeks of no engagement, will go and knock on someone's door to do a delivery or something and they'll eventually just find the person dead and no one knew. So tragic. Now, I, I've read several articles this week on a phrase that's denoting the same kind of activity in the, or inactivity in our country, and it's called bed rotting. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, here's the definition of it. The phrase describes staying in bed all day by choice, therefore uh, rotting there. More and more people are, are saying, I, instead of like going out and engaging, I'm just going to stay back. They're saying it's for my mental health. And, and scientists and researchers are saying, of course, it's good to get recharged. But a whole generation of people are just staying in their bed for 24 hours or sometimes a couple of days. And they're saying, actually, this is leading to mental illness. Why? Why? Genesis explains. The Bible says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. So we know the next part of the phrase, so I'll make a suitable helper, and that was marriage. But the, let's camp out on the first phrase, you were made for relationship. You were made for relationship. And what they're saying is that although there's some good aspects of social media, there's some positive ones, that that is not true healthy relationship. You were made for face-to-face connected, being able to reach out and touch the person, being able to actually engage in healthy conversation, eye contact, facial expressions, those are important. So here, here's what I need to, to explain to you. Practical step number one is determined to engage with other people to honor Jesus. Like you're actually doing your God-given design and you're actually doing what you're called to do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as yourself. You actually love people by engaging with people. So all of a sudden, I have someone that's ready to engage with me, and I can play the game. Now, it's a little intimidating to play. How many times have you played pickleball? He's played four times. I'm totally intimidated. I've played once. 
So this could go really bad, but I'm taking the risk because I want to honor Jesus and I want to honor someone else. Now, here's, here's what I have found in life is um, this, this is not a fun way to play pickleball, okay? Um, was that fun for you? No. <laughs> Some of us, we finally decide to engage with someone, and, and then we're like, hey, how are you doing? And this is how my day went, and this is what's going on. Can you believe this person? And, and 20 minutes goes. I can't tell you how often this happens to me. 20 minutes goes, and I haven't even got to talk. Right? Um, years ago, uh, my, my, my mom actually helped explain to me. She goes, Robert, um, conversation is like tennis. So you take the ball and serve, and then you wait for the person to hit it back to you. Okay? This is going to change some of your lives. <laughs> the Bible says, actually, be slow to speak, quick to listen. So I want to say, hey, Rashad, how's it going today? He said, it's going good, okay? But that, that was good, but then what should you do? So then, take a ball. Look, sometimes we fail. It's okay. That's why there's grace. I, I, I do admit, that took a lot of strength. That's a far shot. You, oh, he did it, okay, so he tries again. Um, <laughs> uh, Here's what I teach my kids. I say, um, someone asks you a question, make eye contact with them, okay? That, that is going to bless them. Let them see, let them see your face. Look, he can't even look at me without starting to smile, right? When we, when we look at people, it, it, it actually releases endorphins in your body, and so we're actually blessing people. Just with your look, you bless people, okay? Look at people, they need to be seen, and, and, and then, I tell my kids, hey, someone asks you how you're doing, no one-word answers. Say, no one-word answers. Okay? How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Fine. Right? That doesn't build a relationship. Listen to what, what Scripture says. It says this, a good man, this is Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things of the good stored up, as, up in his heart. So our, our, my, my goal for Rashad is I actually... He asked me how I'm doing. I don't just say, it's fine. I say, hey, man, I'm good. It was, a, it was a good week. I got to do this. So I'm actually giving him a little piece of my heart. I'm not giving him everything. I'm not going to talk for the next half hour. I'm going to give him a little. And then he needs to ask, I, I, I need to ask him a question. And that is how, so relationships are like this. Look at that. We were actually getting somewhere, right? And so... Amazing. I, I picked the right guy. Um, here's, the, here's the second point. Um, healthy communication is a volley. Um, it, it, it's, it's not rapid, rapid serves. But then look at this. Third point is this. Is this fun? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, what? Um, it, it's not fun to get spiked on. I, I had the best pickleball experience when I first played. I played with Pastor Jonathan Lair. Uh, some of you guys know who he is. He helped us start the church. 
Uh, he's a very loving guy. So we walk out on the, on the court, and he goes, Robert, do you want to just hit around for a while? And I was like, yes. You know, because he didn't just start the game going, all right, let's go. <laughs> right? He actually, let's hit around. And, and, and so he was, he was a very, he was, th- when you start a relationship, you're thinking about the other person. Okay, stop and think about that. When you engage in conversation, you're thinking about the other person. Then no one loves to just be spiked on, right? They, 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 we, we are, this is what scripture says. <laughs> Let's go to the book. Um, Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Guys, we need to focus as believers, the Holy Spirit's in us, the Holy Spirit is gentle. And so we want to focus on humility and gentleness. So many times we go into relationships and we're like, I'm going to prove myself. Hey, uh, this is one of the big things that happens in marriage that hurts marriages, is that we come up with our spouse, here's my spouse in the front row, and we're like, right? and I'm like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, and you lose. If you win in an argument with your spouse, you lose, right? But it's about that volley. Hey, Steph. <laughs> yes, I want to hear you. And what do you think about that, right? And, and all of a sudden, you're dancing, right? And dancing's a lot better than fighting, right? Um, and, and so the point is, it's not fun to get spiked on. Let your conversations, Colossians 4 says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So let me just give you a few practicals um, for conversation. Never yell at anyone, especially in marriage. Like, it's never appropriate. You don't need to do it. Um, never insult someone. The, the, our conversation is about building up. Now, I'm not saying to, you don't confront. The, actually, the Bible says speak the truth in love. So I'm not saying we don't correct or confront, but I am saying we always do it in love. We don't do it harshly. So don't yell, don't insult, don't cut down or belittle. What, what is that doing? That's just destroying someone with your words. You've heard sticks and stones can break my, my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'd rather be hit by a stick any day than a harsh word. Harsh words stick with you forever. So we're using our speech. So, so parents... We're not screaming at our kids, right? We're not cutting them down. We're not insulting friends, bosses, right? We're not tearing people down. Your whole point of communication in relationships is you're reflecting Jesus. They're going, oh, that's, I'm, I'm Jesus with skin on to them, and then I'm building them up, and I'm drawing us together. Um, I love this. This phrase, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Um, Here's how to destroy my relationship with Rashad. Rashad walks off, and then I go off and talk to him, and I'm like, hey, Jacob, like, I I really didn't like how he played that that game. You know, it's really, that that doesn't build trust with him. Um, Here's a great illustration in the scripture. I love this one. This really encourages me. Acts 15, verse 39 through 40. This is about Paul and Barnabas. 
Okay, they're both known now as like saints, St. Paul, St. Barnabas. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. Here's my question, church. Who was right in their debate, Paul or Barnabas? (laughs) Someone said neither, someone said Jesus. Uh, That is correct. I love in the scripture that you get the two godliest dudes. Barnabas is known as son of encouragement. That's what his name is. And Paul wrote half the New Testament. Pretty good. And yet they have a sharp disagreement and they actually part ways. What does that tell me? That tells me that relationships are hard. And then here's what I love. Later on, you're gonna see in Colossians, you're gonna see in 1 Corinthians, that Paul is actually commending Barnabas. And Paul's actually even bringing John Mark to work with him. Why? Because they didn't part and talk bad about each other and build factions. Instead, they said, hey, things are a little rough, so we're gonna have a little distance between each other, but quarrels go out when you don't feed them. I can't tell you how many people I've heard about leaving different churches because they got cross with one other person. That's not, and then they build whole factions. That is not the godly thing. If you have a hard time, then just, you, and you start drifting away, just let it go. Because I've found through the years, so many relationships come back if you don't feed it with gossip. So let's be committed to being a people that never gossip about people or other churches or organizations or other Christians. Point four, or anyone by that, for that matter. Point four. Um, you can go ahead and sit down. Thank you so much. He did a phenomenal job. Um, and uh, point, point four. Thank you so much. Um, you, can, you can just, you, we'll get it after you. Um, point four is there's a time to walk off the court. Um, so here's what happened to me at, at Kendall's tournament. I'm playing. Um, I actually was winning games. Like I had won like a handful of games. Thank you, that woo, one woo. Um, I was pretty excited. Here I am, you know, never played, 47. I'm, and, I'm, and, and I lunged for the ball and, oh, I felt my old Achilles injury. And so I had a thought at that moment. I can push through and maybe I'll win this whole tournament. Or I can say, what's the point? I'm here for Kindle and friends and sit down and not over-injure myself for a long time. And by God's grace, (laughs) I was able to say, you know, I'm done. (laughs) And I went and sat down and enjoyed just watching people uh, for, for the rest of the time because there's, there is a time to, to walk off the court, okay? And, 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 and that is when there's a, a serious injury or there's, uh, there's you, you could end up really hurting yourself. Um, some relationships are toxic. I, uh, this is so uncommon, but I actually counseled one uh, younger woman, we were meeting and she was explaining things and I knew she, she was actually going to see a counselor and I, I really was acquainted with this situation and I actually said, um, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you're asking my opinion, I think you should separate from your husband for this season. Why? Uh, 
she was she was incurring she was experiencing uh, emotional, verbal, spiritual, even even some physical abuse. And what sometimes uh, here, here's what the scripture says: you got to love each other as you love yourself. Well, many of us don't love ourselves, and so then we're so concerned about does this person love me that we let ourselves be totally abused. We let our, ourselves be so mistreated, and we say, well, maybe that's even my fault. Maybe I'm the reason. Or maybe I deserve that. And so what I said to her is like, hey, you've got you've to love yourself and you don't deserve, I mean, the things that were being said to her were horrible and I was seeing it just destroy her. And I was like, you don't deserve that, A. And actually it's the most loving thing to do for him So because crazy dysfunction can only operate in a relationship if two people are willing to commit to it. But if one says stop, I'm getting off the crazy train and until you change, I can't do this. That actually is the most loving thing to him because you're empowering his crazy toxicity. Are you following me? Now, I'm sharing a, an extreme experience, but what I am trying to say is you don't deserve to be abused, okay? And so there is a time where you, you and I said, that's the only hope of you actually potentially getting back together and having a healthy marriage is if you get off the crazy train and stop that. And so there is a time. Now, here's, please hear me. What I'm not saying is someone says something offensive to you and you're like, I'm out, right? No, uh, the, the Bible says actually, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's why one of our H's in our six H's from Romans 12, our, our relational DNA is healthy conflict because we are supposed to speak the truth in love. And actually, when we work through conflict in a healthy way, it brings greater intimacy, okay? So I'm not just saying, hey, it's hard. Someone said they don't like your shoes. You walk away. I'm not saying that, but I am saying there is a time in toxicity. There's a time where there's this pain constantly inflicted, and the person is not changing. They're not loving that it's time to just get some healthy distance. See a therapist. Get counseling. Go to a mentor. And please, if it's actually abuse, please tell someone. Report it. Okay, because that is, that is not God's heart for you. Um, point five. There is a place uh, in pickleball, it's close to the net, called the kitchen. And let me just tell you, healthy relationships can actually play in the kitchen. Okay? Uh, you're in a house... In informal relationships, you know, you, you get, uh, you're, you're, you're waiting, you're getting the house all orderly, they come in, you put them in your living room. But your close relationships, your marriage, your kids, your close friends, they actually get in the kitchen with you. Here's the thing. Who, who actually plays pickleball? The, the kitchen rules, they're the most complicated, okay? Like, you can't just get up here and, and hit the ball down like you have to wait for it to bounce, and then you could like, I mean, it's... And, and, and here's what I, I want to tell you is that the closest relationships you have take the most amount of work. And in, in order for me to even understand the kitchen, I had to like watch videos and, and read up on it because I'm like, I do not get this. Selah. <laughs> if you want to have a good marriage, you're going to have to work at it. Okay? Uh, you're, you might have to read a book. You might have to listen to a podcast. You might have to come to an equipping class. But if you want to play in the kitchen, you got to do a little work. Okay? 
but those are going to be your most fulfilling relationships. So just, we work like crazy at our jobs. We work to be experts at other things. I just want to tell you, commit to the hard work and your marriage will improve. Commit to the hard work and your parenting will improve. Commit to the hard work. Do the hard work. Do the soul work. I I love that the day we're living in, it's okay to go and say, hey, I need to get a freedom session. So we have this freedom team, or I need to go to freedom day because there's some issues, or it's okay to actually go and see a therapist. In fact, it's good. In fact, the people that I know that have the best relationships, they actually will go to therapy. Why? Because they, they know, hey, I want a close relationship. I want a kitchen relationship. Let's go to the last point. Point six, pickleball is all about bringing people together. It's just a game. Okay? Um, it's just a game. So here's what I loved about Kendall. At the end of the pickleball tournament, um, we were all sitting, sitting around eating, and we have this tradition that all people's like birthday parties or engagement things or weddings, or, we always do an encouragement time of each other. And so we're all expecting to go and encourage Kendall. In fact, I had thought like, hey, I'm sure we'll have a time to encourage Kendall. So I had been thinking, and Kendall goes, hey, I, I, this is what I want to do tonight. Uh, you guys there are between 20 and 30 people there. He goes, I actually want to encourage you guys as my friends. And he had written down a couple of lines for each person and just went person by person. And at the end of the night, I'm like, that, first of all, a guy in his 40s with this many friends, this is awesome. And then, man, you were feeling the love. You were just seeing people as he was talking to him go like. (laughs) Uh, This meme came out a couple years ago, which I absolutely love. Can we put this? This meme up. The biggest miracle Jesus ever pulled off was having 12 close friends in his 30s. Uh, Why does it say that? Because the longer we go in life and the more driven we get about our careers and the more hurt we've been in, in relationships, it is our tendency, especially in this nation, to start isolating, especially for men. And I went and I was driving home from that birthday party going, that's how a 40th birthday should be. That a guy actually has friends. A person actually has relationships. And, and, and sometimes we've just got to remember like, at some, I've never been to a funeral where people got up and said, you know, old John, the thing I love about him is he had the most wicked pickleball serve ever. And he could just, he, he had the most incredible backhand and no one could play pickleball. I go to a lot of funerals, I'm a pastor. And you know what people get up and say at the end of someone's life? They talk about love. They talk about that person, how they loved them, how they served him, how they were there for them. The words they said, how that person made them feel. At the end of the day, the most important thing in life is relationships. And how you've treated someone is probably the only thing people are really going to talk about at your funeral. And so we got to remember, a game's a game, but the purpose of the game is we're bringing people together. And we're reflecting Jesus. And we're building people up. And so I'm writing this sermon going, whoo, I am convicted I am convicted. I mean, like, man, 
Am I always using my words to build people up? Am I always thinking about reflecting Christ in my marriage? Is that the main thing I'm thinking about for my kids every time I'm opening my mouth? Do I continually engage even when my flesh is like, no, I just want to pull back and just want to isolate because it's just more comfortable right now? And am I getting so into winning that I'm forgetting about the very people that I'm interacting with? And you can hear this and just be like, man, I have failed. I yelled at someone on the way here. I didn't. You might have. Um, (laughs) You know, and and we just start beating ourselves up. And men and women, that is why I'm so thankful for the cross. Uh, When Jesus died on the cross, he was giving us grace. So let me just tell you, you might have had the most horrible relationships ever. You might have had parents that made you feel hated. You might have been abused by your siblings. I hear the most heinous stories. I want to tell you, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I want to tell you, you're not doomed. God wants to shower his love on you. He wants to wash you clean. And what Jesus did on the cross, he forgives everything you've done in relationships and gives you a fresh start today. And then when you receive Jesus in your heart, not only does he forgive your sins, but he fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit to actually love with unconditional love so that you can control your mouth. You can actually control your mouth through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he'll start filling you with love and he'll start giving you things to say that build up other people. And he'll start putting a guard over your mouth when you're about to cuss or you're about to yell or you're about to insult or you're about to gossip. And it's through his power and his strength that you can have healthy relationships. So do you have him living in your heart and are you drawing on his power for your relationships? Let's stand up.